All right, let's get into it. What's up, folks? Hope you're all having a great week. What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Cultural Podcast. Sam Adamo coming at you. The 151st installment of the pod. It's good to be back. Man, that felt good to fucking come into. I'm not going to lie. I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders now that I got away with the different intro last week. Nobody said anything. Nobody seemed too outraged. Didn't get a strike from like Spotify or anything. I think we may be good. I think going forward, we're going to mix it up. I know it might feel a little bit weird. It's a little bit jarring to some of you that Pino is gone. I don't know. I might just be playing around. I might just be experimenting. I'm not sure. But I'm having too much fun now. I'm having too much fun with it. I'm having too much fun playing around with different music. And I mean, come on. I just, I, 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 I just came into Conor McGregor's fucking walk-in song or walk-out song. I mean, that's a great entrance theme right there. And I've, you know, I've, I've always wanted to. And I'm not going to be a pro MMA fighter. So the only way I could ever kind of experience that is in a, I mean, uh, either this podcast or if I try to go about some other performative field. You know, a lot of people have been trying to get me to go into comedy, which, uh, which uh, I'm, I'm comfortable now sharing uh, is something that I will be pursuing, like very, very soon, like imminently, um, like in a matter of weeks. So I guess for, for, for that, it works. You could walk out to something, anything, but it's a little bit dramatic for comedy. I don't know. It's not really, it's not really the mood setter that you want. But for a podcast, I don't know, get a little fired up. Why the fuck not? Why the fuck not? That's a great remix too. By the way, I don't know if I'm going to do podcasts like Zapped anymore uh, because I think enough of you guys reached out to me last week and were like, oh, dude, what the fuck was up? You, you, you called the baby little baby. You came, into deba- you came into the baby, talked about how fired up you were to try out new music and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, and went on about how he killed a brother in Walmart, and then called him little baby. I think I was saying, yeah, bro, little baby's fucking hard. The baby's playing in the background, and I was like slurring out the gate too. The pod got a lot better last week as I progressed, as I got more sober. It's the second time I've tried to do to do a pod very zapped. I mixed it with a little bit of my grandfather's wine as well, which I alluded to last week. It's not a not a great cocktail, uh, so. Yeah, I don't know. Back to back to hyperactive sober Sam we go. But what a, what what a great song that is. Sinead O'Connor is is uh, she, she <laughs> her her life, her career trajectory is just wild. Like I don't know. I I think to a certain extent soul searching is good, but it has its limits. I mean, you have to do it in order to feel like you know your place in the world and like you know what the point of your existence is. But at a certain point, can you not do a little too much soul searching? Like when you stray that much from where you once were, where it all looked so put together as it did with Sinead O'Connor, is it not a bit much? Clearly, things weren't put together. I don't know. Um, I mean, if, if for her to have strayed the way that she did, away from who she was back in like the 80s and 90s, like early 90s, 
She had to have been questioning a lot of stuff even back then. Wondering, why am I doing this? Why am I singing this music? You know, always a bit of an alarm bell when a woman shaves her head. Works on some people. Works on some of them very well. But it's, it's a flag. It's a, it's, 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 is it a red flag? You know, I don't know. It's a rosé flag. You want to know what's up. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's, you know, like when it's very clearly a vanity thing or when it's very clearly like a, like a decision of their own. It's not, it's not that they're losing their hair for whatever reason. Like if a woman is shaving her head, you start to ask questions, fair to say. I don't think that's a crazy statement. But yeah, she was a great singer. She is a great singer. I mean, her, her voice has gotten a lot more raspy with all the cigarettes and shit, but I was just thinking about how like, I was actually debating if I should come into the song because I'm like, fuck, you know, a lot, a lot of people think Conor McGregor's a chump and there are some listeners in like Northern Ireland and Ireland and, and the UK. And that's like contentious, man. The IRA and like playing patriotic Irish stuff. It's like living in Belfast is probably crazy. It's a crazy place to live. Like, it's not a given that people that look the same, have the same names, identify as the same thing. That's a weird one, man. It's one of the few places in the world that, like, still has very... I actually shouldn't say one of the few places in the world. I think there's probably a lot of fucking places <laughs> that still have religious uh, conflict going on. But I'm, I think it's fair to say that's one, of the, that's one of the last, like, Western places that has... Uh, uh, that I can think of anyway, that has a large degree of, of like division along religious lines. You know, are you Brit? Are you British? You know, are you Irish? I don't know. They sound unique too in Belfast. I don't trust any of yous. It's not quite the same as the Irish. It's Belfast. It's a little different. Yeah, the Irish accent definitely affected the way Americans and Canadians speak. The softer R's, you could hear it sometimes. I don't know, but, but dude, anyway, like, so I was, I don't know, I was going down a bit of a rabbit hole, like a Sinead O'Connor rabbit hole, and her stuff used to be different. Like, before she converted to Islam and changed her name and, and whatever, you know, just started slamming the patriarchy, she sounded like Cindy Lauper. Like her music was, her music was, it was like pop. It was, I don't know, it was upbeat. It was strange, you know? She'll always be remembered for that, that SNL incident. I mean, honestly, <laughs> that was a fucking, she was fucking goaded right there. Just, never mind what you think of her message. I mean, it's, it's pretty hard, it's pretty hard. To, I mean, what we know now, 30 fucking years later, it's pretty hard to contest it. She was wrong. That one kind of aged well on her when she tore up the image of the Pope and said, fight the real enemy, um, referring to the church. But that, that took balls. Like, that took fucking balls, man. There's a lot of God-fearing Christians that watch SNL, especially back in the 90s. I feel like those, the number of God-fearing Christians is definitely tailing off. But back in the late 80s, early 90s, they were still going fucking strong. You know? And that was when people would write strong-worded letters you know, to NBC Studios. And she did it, you know. She did it anyway. She uh, she went against the script and, and out of nowhere, she just, when she was singing evil, right? 
Some some of you guys are my age or a little bit like, I don't know, some of you guys are like young, 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 young millennials or Gen Z, according to the demographics that I have available to me. So you guys may not know this, but she was singing, she was singing a song. And at one point when she refers to evil, she kept singing evil. It was really fucking haunting. She just pulls out a picture of uh, Pope John Paul II and tears it up and says, fight the real enemy. And, you, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what JP knew, man. I don't know what Pope JP knew. I don't know what the fuck he knew. There's obviously a lot of sketchy shit that goes on within the Vatican, just, just financial shit. I don't know. It's it's what's definitely made me feel weirder about going to church now. It's just the institution. You know, fundamentally, the, the, the ideas, the principles are good, but holy shit. I mean, <laughs> that's one institution that has really had a fucking fall from grace. Can you imagine, like, like, 300 years ago, 400 years ago, like priests were like, they were, they were God. They were like God on earth. You know, and people look to them for answers. People look to them for, for answers on, 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 on everything, on what it all meant and, and where they were all going, you know, and, and now, <laughs> and now the, the veils definitely come off a little bit, you know what I mean? Uh, the, 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 the blinders have definitely been peeled back a little. But yeah, Sinead O'Connor, it's just an example. Sinead O'Connor's just, she's an example of someone, you know, getting too much too young and then just, I don't know, going into a crisis later, you know. You, you tend to see it a lot with celebrities and, I don't know, it's, it's, it's odd because when you think about it, like, in, in some ways, older, I mean, older generations, like people born in the fucking early 1900s, up until maybe even like the 1940s, 50s, I mean, they were doing shit a lot earlier than we are now. They were doing shit pretty early. And it's like, like, fucking act now, ask questions later. Get married now, ask questions later. 30 years down the line when you realize you're fucking miserable and that you're, you know, that you're that, that, that you're you're close to the end of the line, right? You're you're 50 years old. Back in the fucking 1960s, that was that was ancient, right? You ever see pictures of like Johnny Carson in the 1970s? He looked like fucking hell, and he was like 40, 45, and so so yeah, that's it. You you, you just you do a lot very soon, and then later in life, like. On your deathbed, you'd have regrets and you'd start to wonder what it all <laughs> what it all fucking means. And that was just that was what people used to do. That was what people used to do, man, for like for a very long fucking time. And now and now they're they're finding themselves, you know, they're they're going on sabbaticals, they're taking trips to Southeast Asia, you know, people are moving to Bali. And just fucking randos and taking penicillin shots and <clears throat> hoping for the best and saying, ah, fuck it. I'll deal with the consequences later. Then they hit 45 and realize that it's too late for them and they can't have kids. I'm talking about women, of course. Men men get to be selfish. Men get to be selfish. And they're, they're really fucking over a lot of women in the process, I have to say. You know? But last week I was talking about how my grandfather... Who's now, a, who's now a widower is kind of at the point where he doesn't give a shit about a lot of things anymore. 
Maybe, maybe that wouldn't be bad, you know? You're 45 and you have to marry, a, you know, you, you can't marry anyone that's older than, maybe if you're a man, you, ha, you can't get married before 40 and you can't marry anyone older than 30. So that way there, there's no more issue when it comes to fertility and shit. I mean, there's probably like a generation, I can't do math that quickly, but there's probably like a gap that I'm not considering here that would fuck over like an entire generation of men or women that would just not get to be married. But if we sacrifice them for the good of humanity, then we could let people be irresponsible because men are way more irresponsible for longer. I mean, women's instincts kick in like fucking, like nothing. If they meet the right guy, generally, a guy mature enough, right, which is often older guys, right? If they meet the right guy who's mature enough, they'll settle down at 25, 23. They'll fucking have kids. A lot of them, a lot of them are ready for it. Men are scared too, more often, I find. I think the instincts seem to kick in sooner for women. So maybe like you have 45-year-olds marry 27-year-old women, 45-year-old men marry 27-year-old women, and you just, you just let them die off first. You let them die off first. Men don't live as long anyway. They get their balls busted so fucking, you know, for so many fucking years. It adds to stress and they, they, they we drink more and, you know, for years I think they smoked more and... <laughs> You just push it all down, push push the uh, push the sensitive talk down, and it kills them eventually. And the women then get to live the golden years by themselves. I think a lot of men would sign up for that, for sure. Because again, when you get to being a certain age, you start to resent, you start to hate yourself, and think maybe it's best if I just go and I'm no longer a burden on this woman. I don't know. There may be something to that. But yeah, back in the day, man, forget it. Like back in the day, I'm talking like my grandmother, my great grandparents. That was some different shit. You know, I like, like I was having, I was having a talk with my girlfriend about this the other day, how like, how just how scary growing up is and life is. And you know, we've been dating almost four years. We've grown a lot together. In some ways, I almost feel like a different person to who I was when we started dating. That's only going to continue to change because we're not at the point where we're going to take a fucking step here because she's still in school and I have a lot to figure out in terms of where I want to go, what I want to do. I'm trying stuff out. I'm in an experimental stage and I need more stability. You know what I mean? But so I'm 24. Dude, women used to get cuffed young, bro. And like, like, like criminally young, right? Like my great grandmother married at 15, 18, a mother. 22, mother of three. 34, she was a widow. That's some gangster shit right there. That's some fucking gangster shit right there. A fucking widow at 34, never remarried. 60 fucking years later. She took, I mean, she just, she took her pain to the grave. God bless her. You know, no fucking time to think about self-actualization. None of it. At 22, I got three kids to feed in a fucking war-torn country. <laughs> Life gave them shit sandwiches and they just had to eat it. Questioning it all? Nah, what's the point? Push it down. Push it down. Don't think about it. That's what it used to be. So obviously, we're going to live to be like a fucking 120 now, people my age. Congrats. Congrats. Start lifting weights. Start taking care of yourself or you're going to fucking... That's the thing. 
we're, we're going to have so much less <laughs> I say we're going to have less stress. What the fuck? I mean, we're, we're, we're probably going to get we're probably gonna get killed off by like, by like just rays and, I don't know, fucking radio waves. I, I don't know, God, I know shit in our phones, all this tech that we've never been exposed to before. We're basically, I mean, we're basically getting micro-dosed Chernobyl style every fucking day, and we're the guinea pigs. We're the first people. To, <laughs> we're the first people to ever fucking experience this. One day in like two thousand years, they're gonna look back on how messed up we were. Now, humans are gonna be living out, you know, out in fucking somewhere other than Earth, probably, and they'll be looking back at what they know, what accounts they have of this period in time, and how how we were like fucking cavemen when it comes to not knowing how bad. Some of this preliminary shit is because it's preliminary in the grand scheme of things. iPhones, Mac, fuck that, bro. How long has that been around? 20 years? So anyway, this is the cultural podcast, by the way. I've gone, we've gone almost 20 minutes here and we haven't talked about uh, cultural at all. We haven't discussed any of the cultural and there is a lot of cultural to discuss because we had the World Cup draw last week. We've got an investigation going on with Juve, another one, what else is new, you know, it's, it's what it is, um, these are, these are things that you come to expect, you, just when, just when you thought it couldn't get fucking worse, nice, a nice, a nice federal case slapped on their desk, this is, this is payback for the whole Super League thing, you would suspect, this is UEFA coming after them, I think it is UEFA coming after them, I also heard it was the Guardia di Finanza, so we'll get to all that, but first, gentlemen, Ho, ho, motherfucking ho. The holidays have come early this year as Manscaped have the gift that keeps on trimming. Santa's beard isn't so appealing when it's coming out of your trousers, and that's why Manscaped DM. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have you covered this holiday season. Now available in your country, join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to keep their trees trimmed and ornaments polished. They are available internationally they're available in all countries from what i can gather on their website i think that's what they might have been referring to i would also like to point out that manscaped's lawnmower 4.0 trimmer which they so graciously sent my way to try out for you guys also works great as a body trimmer if you want to use it to trim your chest your back your armpits whatever the fuck you want also uh the top of your feet bro the top of your feet uh no one wants to see that shit it doesn't i mean they just look better bald I don't know. Take it to that too. Take it to that too. It's also a sensitive area. Definitely works there too. You need to be trimming yourself in most... I mean, look. Here's the thing. It's a look. It can work. Hair can work. But what you don't want is shit to be out of control, usually. And there are ways of making stuff look, you know, accidental, natural, even if it's very deliberate. That's where Manscaped comes in. You could play around and try out different styles. You could shave a fucking lined into your nuts if you want so a lot of people a lot of what a lot of guys do actually is they kind of have like a little little tail like a little trail going to not a tail a trail going to their nuts kind of like from their belly button down this is something you could do that might be a little bit more interesting you know it's entirely up to you but the point is the point is now is the time to do it you got to fucking buy shit for yourself or for others during the holidays you got to treat yourself that's for sure but more importantly, you're going to have to buy gifts for other people. And there's no better gift than the Manscaped Perfect Package 4.0, which features a pair of boxers, the best toner that I've ever used on my nuts, a ball deodorant, anti-chafing shit, uh, fucking boxers, 
and the Lawnmower 4.0. So go to manscaped.com and use code CALCHOPOD for 20% off plus free shipping worldwide. That's code CALCHOPOD, C-A-L-C-I-O-P-O-D at manscaped.com for 20% off the entire website. Guys, it's time to kill two birds with one trimmer, okay? Get yourself and your lady a gift, okay? The Manscaped 4.0 trimmer is something that she will thank you for. Just do it. And use the fucking code, CalchoPod, 20% off, support the pod, and be sure to use the code so that they know that we sent you. Once again, get 20 off and free shipping worldwide with the code CalchoPod at Manscaped.com. That's 20 off with free shipping worldwide at Manscaped.com. Use code CalchoPod. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Okay, so Portugal. Let's talk about Portugal. Uh, The draw was last week. Um, by the time the pod's up, it'll be like early midday Thursday, the 2nd of December. So almost a week ago now, we were drawn in the playoff pool, the, the UEFA World Cup qualifying playoff pool that Portugal's in. Now, I got to admit, this one threw me for a bit of a loop. I was not expecting this because I thought they would rig the fucking ballots. That's what I thought. I thought just like they falsely awarded it to Qatar, not falsely, just like they awarded the World Cup to Qatar on, shall we say, sus circumstances or on sus grounds, there may have been a little bribery involved. I think it's pretty clear. Just like we know that the church did what they did, right? like we were talking about just before. We know that those confederation heads did what they did. We're aware of it now. Most of them aren't even involved in FIFA anymore. But too late, it's already fucking awarded. Qatar, the World Cup with the least integrity ever, right? And um, honestly, fucking kudos to Roberto Mancini's men for winning the Euro and then deciding... We're going to celebrate this. We're going to make the Euro win that much more special by prolonging the celebrations for years. We're going to have nothing else to think about or focus on. We're going to get to celebrate un estate italiana for four fucking years. And in the process, there, boy, three years actually, before Euro 2024 will, will take place. Excuse me. Still, three years. You know, longer than the two-year cycle that will typically go between tournaments. And in the process, they get to boycott not only the World Cup in Russia a couple of years ago, which was awarded under very sus circumstances, but also the one in Qatar. So really, it's the noble thing to do. But you know, I got to be honest. I really fucking thought, I really fucking thought they would rig the ballots. I thought there's no way that they're going to want Portugal and Italy not there because they're both, you know, marketing machines. They're both cash cows in terms of, I don't know, Sponsorship dollars. People want to pay to advertise for when Cristiano Ronaldo's playing or when the champions of Europe are playing, right? Italy could be garbage and they'd still want, you know, Coca-Cola would still want their shit, um, you know, up on billboards or up on the, the fucking advertisement boards around the pitch when Italy's playing because they're Italy. So I thought they would be drawn in different groups. I guess we know there's a little bit of integrity here to the process. You know, because everyone always says, oh, you know, these fucking draws are rigged. You know, the Champions League. Holy shit, of course. Of course, Barcelona and Madrid are avoiding each other because they want to have a classical final. 
you know, maybe those are all rigged and maybe this is just one that they're, that they did with integrity to throw us off the scent. Or maybe, maybe it was supposed to be rigged and somebody fucked up and, and, and misassigned the ballots. But this was not supposed to happen. So it's North Macedonia first, we should say. Who knows? You know, Turkey have to be, excuse me, Portugal have to be Turkey. So there's no guarantee that we'll even have to face Portugal uh, if we do be Macedonia, which the odds would indicate we will do. But who the fuck knows? I mean, there's going to be so much pressure on them to deliver and not fuck up after having missed the World Cup four years ago. And we saw the pressure that was on them when it came crunch time at the end of qualifying. You can expect something similar. That game will be in Italy. There will be a lot of, I mean, you'll feel it. You'll feel, you'll feel every missed shot. You'll feel every misplaced pass in that game. That adds pressure. That adds fucking pressure. I think Goran Pandev retired from international football. He's got to come back now. Unless he's retired from football outright. I could be fucking wrong on that. Let me look this up real quick so I don't look like a fucking retard. Goran Pandev. Goran Pandev. He still plays for Genoa. Okay, excuse me. So... I don't know. He's 38. He's also Macedonian. Is he a spring chicken? No. Do they have many other options? Probably not. I'm not aware of many. You would have to think that he's going to want to, you know, be in a game where his country, who he's played for for fucking like 20 years, are in with a chance uh, of qualifying for the World Cup. Playing in the country where he's played his trade for so fucking long against that country. You'd have to think he'd be in that game. Who the fuck knows? You could see that being a narrative that would be talked about forever. This fucking guy with a ball sack, balding, you know, hairline who played in Italy forever for middling clubs primarily, you know, where he had the most success. I mean, were he to score a goal early in that game, that you could see that being a thing that would like get etched in. The, the lore of Italian football for all the wrong reasons? Totally. 100% you could. He scores early on a counterattack. Then what the fuck? So, you know, let's not count our chickens before they hatch, but before the fucking eggs hatch. What's the expression? I don't know. Whatever. I think I fucked that up. Maybe I should smoke again. Stick to the weed, Sam. I guess it doesn't make a fucking difference. I'll, I'll, I'll just fuck stuff up regardless, apparently. I thought I was sharp and boom. Can't go a whole pod uninterrupted. Without me, me, me screwing up somewhere. So, let's not count our eggs before they have. No, you, why would you? No, you can count eggs. It's the chickens you can't count. I think I got it right the first time. Come on, come on, Sam. Look, we can't get too ahead of ourselves, cause, dude, like, apparently we have to go to Portugal or Turkey regardless um, of who wins. Going to Turkey would be crazy. I'm down to do that just to risk my life for a football experience. Like I'm down I'm down to have a footballing experience where my life is in jeopardy. I don't speak the language. The one good thing is I could probably pass for a Turk in the street, you know? Um I don't know. Uh uh what I what would be really fun is if I took like my Armenian friend with me or something. You know? So an Italian guy the week that Turkey are playing Italy to qualify for the World Cup and an Armenian guy or a guy with an Armenian name uh, are trying to get into Turkey that week. That would be a lot of fun. That would be worth vlogging actually. That would actually really be worth vlogging on like maybe posting on TikTok or something. I don't know. Maybe just an idea planted. I don't know if my friend is sick enough to try that. We'll see. It might take a lot of convincing. Um, 
I won't name him. I actually, you know, he, he's actually courting a girl right now who's uh, Moroccan. And she's, uh, she's lovely. She seems, she, I mean, he's very attracted to her. And she, you know, she's a, she's a striking, she's a striking lady. And um, unfortunately, she doesn't want to take the next step with him because he's not Muslim. Uh, so he's working on that. But, you know, if he can maybe swing something, maybe that would kind of, I don't know if that would sweeten the deal. Maybe, he, I, I don't know. I, I Fucking cultures of Turkey and North Africa are so goddamn different. I sound like a, I sound like a fucking, I sound like a bigot, Sam. But I, I don't know. Maybe that would be a way of ingratiating him to, they, they don't think very highly of the Armenians, let's be honest. Like generally, at least their policy would dictate so. I don't know what the individual, what each individual Turk thinks, but let's be fair. Like, let's call a spade a spade. They don't make it very easy on them. So if you're going to be doing that, you probably need to sweeten the deal somehow. If he could say, look, I'm a Muslim. I converted. And I told him he should do it if he really thinks she's hot. Like, if he's really into her, he should just do it. Like, who cares? It's just like, at the end of the day, it's just a title. Who gives a shit, you know? Just do it. You know, token of good faith. This is how, this is how much I want to have you sit on my face. I want, I will, I will, I will convert to Islam. Islam. Islam, bruv. Bruv. Islam, bruv. Don't disrespect Islam, bruv. Anyway, um, we'll see. I, 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 this, this could go two ways. If we do wind up facing Ronaldo, it could be advantageous because Portugal could be in turmoil, right? Where there's a lot of pressure on them too. They, the team, the eleven will have a lot of pressure on them, not only because they're Portugal and because qualification for World Cup is expected of them, but also because there's going to be like this weird pressure where they have to get there for Ronaldo because it's probably his last real shot at making a World Cup, making a, or winning a World Cup, you could even say, I guess. Um, it's probably the, the last opportunity he'll have to play in a final World Cup. You would think. You don't know. You might suspect so. You never know with that fucking guy. It's not like he plays for Macedonia, where he's Goran Pandev at 42, he'd be able to walk back into the team. You know what I mean? At a certain point, it'll be like the elephant in the room. He'd be playing his trade in MLS at 43, and it's like, what are you doing here? You know, like, we'll, we'll call you up out of respect, but, uh, you know, should we really be? So, you never know. But let's assume that he's probably not going to get another opportunity to make a World Cup. Those players are going to have a lot of pressure, right? Maybe that'll fuck with them a little bit. Conversely... He's Ronaldo. We have to face him at his hungriest. You know, starting in that game, we're probably going to be, assuming they're healthy, best case scenario, Chiellini and Bonucci, an older Chiellini and Bonucci, who, yes, won the Euro recently and, and were an incredible tandem in that tournament, but also played with a guy for a couple of years. Do they know him better? Does he know them better? I don't know. It's not a game that anyone wants to play. That Jorginho penalty miss really fucking hurts now. It really does. And I got to be honest, I think if Jorginho doesn't miss any penalties in the whole of 2021, he wins the Ballon d'Or. That's not true, actually. Messi wins it no matter what. Let's be honest. Because clearly Messi wins it no matter what. Clearly, I mean, whoever's voting for this, obviously it's Messi's to win. No matter fucking what. But I think if he doesn't miss a penalty all through 2021, then there's a reasonable case for people to get outraged about. Like people are mad that Lewandowski didn't win last year or didn't win this year. I think there's an equal case that could be made that Jorginho should have won. 
because think about it, if he didn't miss a penalty, if he done, if he didn't miss a penalty, if he hadn't missed a penalty in all of 2021, that would have meant that, that fucking miss against England to win the Euro wouldn't have happened. His penalty would have won us the Euro after having got us into the final. He would have won the Champions League with Chelsea. He would have scored a penalty to take us through to the World Cup. It's a no-brainer. That's a no-fucking-brainer right there. That one really hurts. I'm not going to lie. The more I think about that, the less good I feel about it. I've really gone through a roller coaster of emotions about that whole issue. There was denial. There was anger. And then there was acceptance. Now I'm kind of in like this weird depression state. I've like reverted back. I'm just like down about it. I haven't really accepted it, I guess. So, I, I, whatever. Um, look. Uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about this Juve investigation that's ongoing now. And let's be honest, I'll probably get off with a slap on the wrist. I wanted to say, uh, apparently Napoli are in trouble too. And I don't know that they're going to get off scot-free here. Do you guys remember that Osimhen deal last year where they apparently bought him for like 80 million euro and nobody understood that? So, I did a little research on this recently. All that was was a broad valuation that they had given to the player. So I think they only paid Lille like a certain amount in cash. And they transferred like three players their way. And those players were valued at an alleged 40 million euro or something like that. Taking the total value of the deal to like 80 million euro. Now obviously that's some fucking sketchy bookkeeping right there okay that's some sketchy accounting now everyone does this everyone fucking inflates their transfer values everyone fucking does it i don't know why they're targeting juve is it a witch hunt is it a witch hunt witch hunt it's a total witch hunt total witch hunt they're going after us they have no idea what they're doing it's it's fake news all of it that wasn't a great trump impression i was too on the spot but you get the fucking point here other teams are doing this shit too I'm not even saying that's a bad thing. I think it's, fuck it. You got to get around the rules however you can. I just, it's just, I I really would have liked to have seen like a two or three year all or nothing Juve. I would have loved to have seen the, the, like the, 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 the level that shit devolved. Is that a word? I don't know. After... Allegri left. I would have liked to have seen the Sarri season in which they won the title. The appointment of Pirlo after sacking Sarri. Right? I would have liked to have seen COVID at Juve. I would have liked to have seen all the intricate deals they tried to make. All the creative ways they tried playing around with numbers to be able to afford Federico Chiesa. And I would have liked to have seen next year. Or this year, rather. So a third season this year. I would love to see... Like, what's going on in Andrea Agnelli's office right now as the news is breaking? I, I don't, look, I haven't, I haven't watched All or Nothing yet. Um, I definitely will. Might report, will probably report back findings to you guys. Would actually be a good thing to review with a guest, I'm just realizing now. But um, I, I, I'm kind of, I don't know, I, I'm kind of afraid to watch it because I think if I do, I'm kind of going to fall back in love with them. And I'm not out of love with them. I'm still in love with them to an extent. But it's this weird point in the marriage where it's like, you know, where do we go from here? The kids have moved out. You know, yes, I love you. Like, this is, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. But, you know, we had a really good run. And now it's looking a little choppy. We're not sure what's going on anymore. She's gone through menopause. I can't get hard anymore. That's where we're at. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I'll still watch you. And I still care about you. 
but this is a little bit, it's, it's laborious, right? I'm afraid that if I watch Juve, all or nothing, I'm going to get right back into it. I'm going to get too into it. And it's going to make me more mad about all the shit that's going on. I'm really pushing it to the back of my brain. We haven't recorded a Turin Giants in like a month, over a month. So, I don't know. I saw a fucking tweet the other day from a guy saying uh, something like, did Juve fucking, are Juve no longer in, are Juve no longer in the Italian league? And it's a picture of like the top six or the top seven and Juve aren't in it. They lost 1-0 to Atalanta at the weekend. Is it any surprise that the team that sold us, Dejan Kulusevski, for 40 million euro, after he had barely made an appearance for them, beat us as he was on the bench? Like, he's a bench player right now. He doesn't start all the fucking time. We paid 40 million for him. That's bad management. That's bad fucking financial management. That's bad financial management. They've been doing that since Marotta left. They played musical chairs. I don't know what they did. They, they, they tried playing around with shit to afford Ronaldo. They lied to themselves and said they could do it. And they've been overextending themselves financially since. And furthermore, have been trying to spend. Like, they've been trying to Man United it. Within the sphere of Italian football, they have been, like, Man United in that. They've been spending a lot more than everyone else. And the results haven't been coming. Okay? So, again... Man United for scale in City A, let's say, because obviously there's a lot more money in the Premier League. Juve have been similarly throwing money in stupid places. It hasn't been working. I'm worried. I'm a little bit concerned. You know, Napoli fans, by the way, but look, I, Napoli could win the fucking title sneakily. It could just happen. It's very early. It's not early in the season. What am I saying? There's still a lot to play, but I don't know. I don't know. There's, um, you know, it, it looks possible. It looks possible. Here's why I think they might do it. They're, 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 there's a chance they fucking get out of the Europa League next week or in two weeks or whenever the last round of fixtures is. They lost to Spartak the other day. By the way, Spalletti didn't shake the coach's hand after the game. Images kind of, hanno fatto un giro, you know? They kind of, what's the fucking word? The images like, did the rounds uh, <laughs> of, the two, of the two fucking coaches after the game. Spalletti looking pissed off and wandering off. And the Moscow coach has like a shit-eating grin on his face. Spalletti's like, bah, it's easy to fucking shake hands after the game when you won, bro. Fuck off. And the Moscow coach is like, he's like side grinning. But I actually think that would be good for them. You don't want to focus on the Europa League and take it seriously if you're Napoli. Focus on the league. That's it. There's a chance Milan make it out of the Champions League group now. If they do, that'll tire them out for sure come February, March. You know, Inter are going to have that to cope with as well. Who knows? Who fucking knows? You know, I don't know who else there is in the, in the, in the race at the moment. Atalanta aren't quite out of it. Juve definitely are. Roma are losing so many fucking games. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. And I don't know if you guys saw, Mourinho today said, if I were Zaniolo, I'd probably consider leaving Serie A after they lost to Bologna 1-0. And it's just amazing. I love seeing <laughs> I love seeing him. Just, uh, he does this now. He does this now. And I feel so stupid for saying I thought it would work. I just think he, 
When it doesn't, he just has to, he makes crazy statements. He just, he can't, he can't just, it's like he doesn't understand why his team lost, so he just tries, like, venting out his frustration to the world. And that's what sticks. And unfortunately, that's all people fucking think of now when they think, when they think of Mourinho. Uh, you know, I don't know. They lost a derby too to Sarri. Lazio got smoked as well by uh, by Napoli the other day. Speaking of Napoli, four nil. Like, like again, <clears throat> there are winnable games here for Roma that they are losing. And when that happens, Mourinho doesn't seem to know what to do, and he starts throwing players under the bus, and he starts going after them. And I have to say. As a non-Roma fan, it's fun. It's really fucking fun to watch. Because it's like his brain is just short-circuiting. He doesn't understand why shit's happening. He can't comprehend it. He can't process it. So he just sort of like, he tries to make crazy excuses. And he's not, he's beyond making excuses now. He's just making crazy statements saying, yeah, listen, to be honest, I I, I don't even know why our best players are still with us. I fucking understand if they want to go elsewhere. (laughs) It's where you know it's the state of things now, man. It's the state of things now. Um, in other news, I don't know if you guys saw um, after the Empoli Fiorentina game, uh, there was a reporter named Greta Beccaglia. Greta Beccaglia, who I had not heard of before. I think she does local news in Tuscany. Not sure. Greta Beccaglia. She's doing like. I don't know, fucking live on scene outside the stadium coverage after the game and someone passes her by and pats her on the ass. Oh, that's... And then, and then so then, obviously that's a bad look, you know? But um, one thing that stood out to me in all, in all this was there was a guy on the other end in the studio who's like 65 because everyone in the fucking studio in Italy that analyzes football is like in their 60s it's just what it is this guy's been a real broadcaster for a long time right and he's he's not sure what to do he just saw this happen and he doesn't want to just keep talking to her like nothing happened so he tells her non te la prendere don't get mad and people fucking went after the guy and i think he's suspended now because he didn't know what to say he just said don't let it rattle you what's he supposed to say What's he supposed to say? Is he supposed to launch a tirade? Is he supposed... He's not there. He can't chase the guys. How funny would it have been if the fucking cameraman, like, chased the guy or something? That's a tough one, too. Why is the cameraman not getting in trouble? He saw it happen right there. He just kept filming. He kept the camera on her awkwardly, and she was, like, not sure what to do. Poor girl, right? Obviously. Cameraman could have chased him, but he didn't say the wrong thing, right? That's the thing. If you say the wrong thing, now you're fucked, unfortunately. That's, that's just what it is. That's the climate nowadays. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have much more of a take on that other than, you know, mentioning the fact that it's something that happened. And it's crazy. It's crazy because they almost should, they, they almost should, ha- like, like being, it's sad to say, being a woman going live outside a football ground in Italy is like, that's like, that's like, uh, that's, uh, you know, you're, you're in, you're in the line of fire, let's say, 
You got a bunch of fucking drunk middle-aged Italian guys. They're 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 yelling stuff, man. They're catcalling and shit. That's just, this is, they need to have a script in the studio in case that shit happens again. Let's not pretend, oh, you know, this is terrible. We got to not pretend it's terrible. But let's not say, oh, this is terrible and pretend that we're going to stop this. We we got to do what we got to do so this doesn't happen again. But they're just talking, right? They're not doing anything. They need like a they need like a plan. They need a contingency plan. Kind of like Kind of like, you know, you do fire drills in school. You need like, you need a plan in case that ever happens. You need to know exactly what to say. If somebody says something stupid or like fucking, like puts their fucking fingers in the, in the V shape to their lips and just fucking little, 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 like, like just, just eats out their fingers, sticks their tongue in, right? They need like a plan for when that happens, you know? And, um... And that's the only way. It's the only way around it. But apparently the guy is suspended. I'm forgetting his name. But I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about that. It's not like it's not his fucking fault that it happened, right? He was just saying, keep your head up. You know, keep your head up, kid. That's the wrong thing to say. That's a dad, you know, that, that, that is a dad thing to say. Don't worry about it. Just keep trucking on. It's all good, you know? Just stick your nose, you know, keep, just keep, just, just look down and, and keep working. Just get your nose to the grindstone. It's fine. You know, you're stronger than them. Eh. Yeah. It's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great example of like just how your dad isn't, how, how your dad isn't fucking well equipped to give you good advice when you're a 14, 15, 16 year old woman. Your body's going through and changes and is going through changes and stuff. You're not sure what to do. You're out for lunch or something. You're out shopping with your dad. You don't have a tampon. You get your period early or something. And he doesn't know what the hell to do. He doesn't know what to say. Hey, buddy, you all right? <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. you know, he means well, but he means fucking well. He's doing the best he can. That's, he's, that's what he's doing. Um, dude, Gianluca Scamacca is doing the best he can too. Holy fuck, what a week that guy had. Two goals against Milan in a 3-1 win over Milan. Their second loss of the season. Uh, in just a couple of weeks, and a goal against Napoli as well, in a 2-2 draw against Napoli, a big result for them, Sassuolo have gotten a couple of sneaky results, God, it's so fucking great to see them just exist, a team that's well run, exist in City, just re like again, Juve's buying for 40 million from them, a fucking midfielder who Hasn't made a big impact on his own because how the hell how the hell can he right? I mean, supporting cast is still the same around him. He's 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 a central midfielder who plays from a deep position. He's not going to be a guy who's gonna, you know, who's gonna fucking score thirty goals in a year, right? Sassuolo are selling guys to Juve for crazy prices, and they're only five points behind us. They're only five points behind Juve right now, and they only have one more loss than Juve do at the moment. Juve have lost five games this season. That is insane. That is fucking insane. And for that reason, I think we're not even going to get into Europe next year. That's when it all really goes to shit. Interisti, enjoy. It's happening. It happened to you. It's happening to us now. That's it. Um, there's nothing more to say. Like... But I do want to focus on Gianluca Scamacca for a sec. It's a weird one because, again, like you probably think Ciro Immobile is going to start against Macedonia. But how many goals would 
Scott Mac- we played this we played this game a few weeks ago with Mario Balotelli where we said how many goals would he have to score to qualify you know to 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 get into the Italy side again you know in Turkey like 45 40 how many goals would Gianluca Scamacca have to be on pace to score by the end of the year in March to get the nod against Macedonia I'm not sure I don't know if that's anything that we necessarily even want I'm not saying it's what we need it's just interesting. I have this fa- there's this weird fallacy that exists where anytime somebody under the age of 23 scores goals, I freak out if they're Italian. He's 22, he turns 23 in January. He checks all the boxes. What are you going to do? I will say I don't understand how anyone gets their neck fully tattooed before getting their arms tattooed though. That's a fucking weird one that I'll never understand. But hey, it looks good. Um it looks good on him. It works. And you know, here's the thing. Like, he committed to it so young that I think he did. I think he did. Like, dude, I think he did those neck tats at like 18 or 19. When you commit to something that young, you kind of rock it with this confidence. I don't know. You, you kind of have to have these. You have to have big balls, man. You kind of rock it with a confidence, this aura that it just feels right. You know what I mean? It's not like. It's, it's not. It's not like. It's not like a guy's getting a neck tattoo done at twenty eight. As long as you've known. As long as I've known about the guy, he's had them, right? So he just wears them with this confidence now that just seems to work. I don't know, you know. But like, it's crazy to me that. It's crazy to me that some. I mean, there there are workspaces that there are workplaces. Excuse me, that exist. It's crazy to me that there are workplaces that exist where you can get neck tats, and it's like the norm, and like fucking Nick Genaletti who works for an accounting firm, went platinum blonde last week and he feels like he's got the biggest dick in the world now because people are looking at him like he's crazy because everyone's so fucking boring there that nobody does that shit. It's just crazy. It's insane. You know, and Nick Gentiletti won't shut up about it now. All he talks about is his new platinum blonde hair and he talks to me about it because I've done it a couple times and he's asking me about like, like process and how he can maintain it and shit. And he's telling me like, He's getting looks in the office, like like he's getting compliments all the time. And you know what? I believe it. I understand exactly why he's getting looks in the office. Because And here's the thing. Hero of the week right now is anyone who's gone platinum blonde who works in a white-collar field. And I encourage you all to do it. Here's why. Most of you are men who listen, right? That's why we got the Manscaped ad. You know? It's what it is, right? So I can speak to you all guy to guy here. Most of you. I think there's this weird thing that goes on when you do something crazy, bold, that just triggers, like, I'm going to sound like such a fucking douche saying this. All you got to do, man, is you got to fucking, you got to fucking get their hormones going and shit, bro, and it's fucking game over. They're going to jump on you. They can't wait to get in the bed with you. But, dude, I think if you are in the market for a lady, I think if you do something crazy, bold, confident, it just triggers this weird reaction in their brains where they're like oh this guy this guy's brave this guy's a good hunter this guy can provide i want his semen that's what i think so i think nick genaletti going blonde right now in the kpmg office is like a pussy flare for all the women who are kind of like mm, oh, this guy's got balls you know what i mean he's a little bit edgy oh he's dangerous i like that that's crazy wow would he do that the other guys who were fucking getting their cpa aren't doing that nick genaletti is He's got big balls. I might want to sleep with him. If he sits, you know, if, if he fucking hits on me, 
I might just allow it. I hope he does. If he comes up to me and makes a comment, I'm going to play back with him. That's what I think. I suspect that. I don't know this for a fact. It's just what I've observed. Take that with a grain of salt and know that if you do it, you're a hero of the week this week. Um, all right. What do we want to get to here? Do we have any last things we want to get to? I'll do one. Oh, dude. Pepe Rossi. Giuseppe Rossi. Uh, signed with Spal under the radar. Didn't even notice until like a week ago. In his second appearance, he scored a goal. A header. The guy's like 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, header off the bar. Down. Incredible. Uh, I'm so happy the guy's still fucking playing. I'm so happy the guy's still scoring. He deserves it. Uh, and, and like, it's it's just insane to me that it's insane to me that that he never got to go to a major tournament. And I feel like if he had gone to the World Cup in 2014, if he hadn't had another one of those many bad injuries, which hopefully he can keep at bay now. He hasn't been playing as much recently in the past couple of years. So hopefully, you know, he's had time to maybe, you know, keep fucking doing physio and recouping and shit. But just because you want, you know, you, you pull for underdog stories like that, but also North American dude, right? Italian American dude. You want to see him do well. But you have to think if he hadn't gotten that crazy injury in 2014 and had gone to that World Cup, he'd probably have stayed in the fray if he had been able to stay healthy. That's the big if. I, you know, I don't know. Just shout out to fucking Beppe Rossi, man. I fucking love that guy. He's one guy who I'd love to have on this podcast. I think actually Nima's getting him on the Italian football podcast like today. Um, so I'll actually be listening to that one on Patreon. I don't listen to all their pods, but when I do, I make sure it's my fucking, I make sure it's the fucking good, like the, the really good exclusive guests that I would otherwise really want to get on myself. I love hearing what they have to say. I'll be listening to that one. I'd love to get them on myself. I'm a little jealous about that one. But hey, we spent the first fucking 20 minutes of this pod talking about Sinead O'Connor. So I can't be that mad when, you know, I'm not booking big, serious guests within the sphere of cultural, bro. Cultural, bro. We love cultural. Cultural's our life, bro. Cultural's our fucking life, bro. We are... We are Calcio. Calcio's our brand, bro. Dude, this pod took such a 180 from when it started. We really thought we were just going to cover games and stuff. And yeah, that, that's. We're just not one of those people anymore, man. Those people are great. I follow them. I'm happy they exist. Was never really one of them, I guess, you know? Anyway, uh, listeners, thanks for tuning in. Much love to you all. We'll catch you next week. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope you're not too rattled about the different music and, and, and all that. I just, I'm going through something here. I'm going through a phase, all right? I'm, I'm, I'm going through a little Sinead O'Connor thing. I'm shaving my head. I'm converting to Islam. I'm changing my name. You know, I'm, I'm, go, I'm, I'm going to rehab. I'm doing all that now, figuratively, within the sphere of the pod. We're going through a bit of a rebrand, I guess, in some way. I hope you like the clips on, uh, on Instagram. Brini's helping out. He's cutting clips for us. Um, the studio's being revamped a little bit. We're going to get some headlights to make the quality of video a little better. And we're going to be soundproofing some parts of the studio as well, which will be huge. I'm really looking forward to that. And there's a lot of really cool stuff being planned for 2022. I won't get into specifics, but there's cool stuff planned. It involves video. It involves stuff you could buy. 
and it involves different things that I personally will be branching into. Cultural podcast on all platforms, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, you know the deal. Go blow it up as always. Thank you for your support. Love you all. Till next time, we'll catch you soon. Ciao. I'm going baby on baby. Uh-huh. That nigga a bitch. He think he a gangster. He probably still slang a 380. Uh-huh. Probably told you I'm lit. Come get you a snip. I'm pure like cocaine in the 80s. Pull up rocking all white like I'm got it. Uh-huh. Put him up like a kite if he tried me. Yo. Got him watching. My life is exciting. Just face on my daughter. She laughing and smiling. Uh-huh. Still got shit on my plate from November. Uh-huh. A few open cases. They pending. Fuck around. Think I'm signing to catch money. Uh-huh. Pull up with a Drake and a Sprinter. Uh-huh. Give a fuck how you think. How you feeling. Uh-huh. Can show you how to make a few million. Uh-huh. So full of myself. Say I'm cocky. Yo. Ask a bitch if she copy, she copy. Oh, I walk straight through the door with my Glock. Uh, uh, Niggas ain't really popping, we popping. Yeah. Put the billion with baby, that business. Dang. Play with me, put his name on the t-shirt. T. Tell your boyfriend to go do his research. Uh, uh, Suck my dick every day, say her knees hurt. Mm. I'm going baby on baby. Uh-huh. That nigga a bitch. He think he a gangster. He probably.